Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest cardio and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply. Former U.S. Marine Christopher Strom, who served over 20 years with the New York City Police Department, he retired as a sergeant in 2007 from the Intelligence Division. Now, as a section leader in the Counterterrorism Unit, he oversaw a team of hyper-aggressive detectives dedicated to the disruption and apprehension of would-be terrorists and events throughout New York City and beyond Manhattan. After his return from Iraq, he started his own company, Intel Investigations and Security LLC, an investigative and security services company. They provide platform instruction to U.S. Navy SEALs, law enforcement, and specialize in human intelligence collection, sensitive site exploitation, and counterterrorism strategies. Former U.S. Marine Christopher Strom joins us. Thank you for uh, joining us, uh, uh, Chris. Good to have you on the program. And uh, also thank you for your service. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. Happy New Year. Thank Happy, you very much for having me on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm glad to have you on. Um, there are... Right now, reports that are coming out, um, not just from Washington, but internationally, whether via you know CNN or the Associated Foreign Press, that immediately following the news of the first terrorist attacks that eventually took the lives of 17 people in all in France, that the global community united around a Twitter hashtag, as you know, Je suis Charlie, and that was just days later that foreign leaders linked arms with their French counterparts to lead a historic million-person strong rally in France, the largest ever. But meanwhile, explosives strapped to a girl who appeared to be about 10 years of age detonated on Saturday, killing at least 20 people in a country whose encounters with terrorism were also punctuated by a hashtag, this time, quote, bring back our girls of Nigeria. Boko Haram militants killed as many as 2,000 people, mostly civilians, in a massacre that started the weekend before the terror attack on Charlie Hebdo in downtown Paris. Now, both the attacks in Nigeria and those in Paris are shocking and they're horrifying in their own respects. Yet, one had an unprecedented international reaction, a popular show of force that rivaled the reaction to 9-11. But the response to the attacks in Nigeria paled in comparison. A lot of Americans don't even know. Chris, why is this? Why do we place a hierarchy? You know, you have more people killed in Nigeria is you know is it because we you know we don't have a Paris in Nigeria? Is it because we don't look at the country of Nigeria as much uh, of an ally as uh, France uh, with the United States? I, I think that's probably it. I think people are, aren't going to consider going on a plane uh, for the holiday season uh, and stopping in uh, Nigeria as a vacation destination. I just don't see that. And you know, we could talk about um, you know Paris, obviously, which you know plenty of Americans go there. There. Their economy is, is largely based on tourism dollars, but not so in Nigeria. And meanwhile, the problem in Nigeria has been in existence for a very long time. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a competition of who could be more vile and despicable in, in the world of terrorism, uh, you know, uh, currently. So, I, you know, I, I, I think quite honestly, people just aren't going to be that interested in Nigeria, and I think that's very unfortunate. I think the First Lady had kind of, uh, you know, started this whole hashtag thing. But, you know, the words are hollow. They're very hollow. Do you think, Chris, and I know people don't like, you know, when people bring up race, but I think it is relevant. Not only are Nigerians black, they're poor. And the French 
a multicultural. So is there an element of racism that we, I mean, think about it. 40 kids in Mexico were taken off a bus. We find out we're now killed by a drug cartel. No hashtags, no yeah. outrage. Yeah. Yeah. Little brown Mexicans. I mean, I think that socioeconomic status in our eyes as Americans, people who are poorer than us and people who are a different color than the majority of us don't get as much recognition, not just from us, but from other countries in the world. And I think this is an example of that as well. I think that's part of it. But I like to think that this country is so open to, you know, different races and different ethnicities and, and cultures. You know, I'd hate to think that that's part of it. But I think, you know, if, you, if you're going to link it to politics and where we're going to put, you know, military boots on the ground or, you know, dedicate uh, funds and resources, I think you're exactly right. I think if it comes down to, you know, 2,000 people being killed in Nigeria versus, you know, 17 people being killed in Paris, well, we're going to Paris. Uh, well, I should say, we're, some of us are going to Paris. Not, not everybody, including the president, wasn't present at the, uh, at the uh, solidarity thing. But, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as, you know, sharing intel and trying to, you know, get our arms around this problem, which is just spinning out of control right now, um, that's where we're going to go. We're not going to be going to Nigeria, unfortunately. No, I, I agree, and, and, and I hear you. Also, the terrorist attack, obviously, on the uh, satirical publication Charlie Hebdo offices is not just violent but very symbolic uh, about freedom, and that's a big deal for Americans, not the symbolism of the Nigerian attack. Oh, yeah, forget it. I mean, you know, freedom of the press is uh, sacrosanct here in America. I mean, we, you know... We, we value uh, everybody's uh, opinion. You know, whether we agree with it or not, it's another story. But uh, to infringe on the press, that, that's, that's what we fought about uh, forever. And now, you know, the fact that they're, they're walking right in there, you know, and this is the thing that's really disturbing. Um, this place, uh, the, the, the uh, Charlie Hebdo, had been attacked before, so this wasn't a surprise to them. In fact, if I'm reading the information right, they were, they were basically given a warning shot that they're coming. And at, at, the, at some point in time, they decided to put a police presence there uh, of uh, officers. I don't know whether they were armed or they were not armed, but then they, they pretty much scaled it back to two officers. Who knows if the officers were there when they initially came on. And then the other reporting I'm hearing was that the uh, other encounter where, where a police woman was shot, that police woman was unarmed as well. So I'm trying to understand why you would have a police force if they go through all this training, and I would assume again, maybe I'm wrong, that there would be firearms involved in that, why they don't trust their own police, much less their own population, to have uh, firearms, given the fact that the newspaper was firebombed in 2012. Well, they did have uh, an armed uh, security guard that was killed uh, with uh, the uh, editor. I don't know if you heard about this, Chris. This kind of blew my mind. Nigerian President Goodluck Jonathan had a, a lot of concerns, and he issued a statement after the attack on Charlie Hebdo, and he expressed Nigeria's full solidarity with the people of France. But get this. He didn't even do that for the victims of terrorism in his own country. And the guy's up for re-election. Yeah, listen, you know, politics is a funny thing. I guess, you know, it's survival of the fittest, and it's a, it's a blood sport. You know, people want to get re-elected, and they have ulterior motives. I mean, I, you, know, I, you know, I hate to do, like, psychological analysis without having a person sitting right in front of me across the table because it's very difficult to do, but I question that as well. I don't understand that, but, I mean, I do see the optics because, obviously, uh, you know, that plays better. That plays better for him in the world arena. Maybe if he's trying to get, you know, resources, whether it be, you know, military, money, uh, food, any kind of, uh, you know, technical support or logistical support, you know, I, I get that. But at the same time, I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> I, 
I don't understand, you know, because I guess because we're spoiled here living in America and we have our own problems, I don't understand how a terrorist element can live in the midst of your own country. I mean, clearly we have terrorists here that are, you know, they're planning and plotting. But I got to think that if, you know, if, if it got to the point where they're capturing girls off the street out of a school, um, I think those people wouldn't be around very long. I think they would either be taken into custody or killed. I, well, I of course, you know, there were allegations that Good Luck Jonathan knew and his military had something to do with it. His wife, by the way, said it, had, it was entirely made up and she later apologized. But it, it, God, I'll tell you, if one of my girls are missing, I think I would find her and wring her neck and not stop. But uh, <clears throat> but my, my daughter is not, uh, thankfully, uh, one of those um, that was taken. But I, I can't even imagine that nightmare those parents uh, still still I face. I can't either. And I can't, those, I can't those girls will probably never be found. Uh, well, yeah, and, and the ones that are, I mean, they're, they're broken psychologically and physically. I mean, I, I just, it, and it's, 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 it's unfathomable to, to sit there and watch this happen. And then, as you say, well, the, all the attention seems to be directed toward Paris because, hey, that's where we want to go. That's where we get fashion. That's where we get, um, you know, our, our travel, you know, uh, sites and, and history and things like that. And, and we have a history with them, and I understand all that. I mean, we liberated France. During the Second World War. And I, Even I though our happened. history, uh, I mean, as of late, our history hasn't been that great. I mean, you know, they really have seemed more to be on Vladimir Putin's side of things <laughs> uh, rather than ours. And certainly conservatives here haven't liked France. Um, uh, speak, speaking of, though, and look, I'm a pessimist. I am not one to make lemons out of lemonade. But I have seen that after attacks here, after 9-11, although there was briefly a backlash against Muslims and perhaps some increased hatred uh, I feel of people ignorant with small minds uh, toward that group of individuals. We had a time of patri- surge of patriotism, a surge of unity, of more respect for police and firefighters and first responders, you know, more flags flying. You know, we were Americans first for such a diverse, uh, fragmented country. And France is now seeing that. They're seeing a unity. As a matter of fact, Hollande had the lowest popularity of any president in French history, and that has sharply changed overnight. Um, so um, sometimes these terrible, horrific incidences improve a nation and make them stronger, not just politically or militarily or security-wise, but its people uh, with patriotism and unity and pride. Yeah, you know, I, I can remember uh, right after 9-11 uh, digging on the pile uh, feeling very useless, um, angry, uh, you know, just numb at times. And I distinctly remember uh, Mayor Giuliani coming down and uh, walking around. He shook my hand. He shook everybody's hand that he could and, sa- and, and patted everybody on the back and said, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, your country needs you right now. I mean, you know, this, but, but you know, that wasn't new for Mayor Giuliani. That, that was a, a common occurrence. That wasn't an exception. But in that particular time, getting back to your point about showing a sign of unity. I mean, we had people coming from, um, uh, from Hooters, from uh, TJI Fridays. I mean, they were catering food under the FDR drive with tents and just feeding people. We had Home Depot coming and dropping off generators and gloves and boots. And uh, to your point, exactly. Um, is that what it takes to, to shake people up, to understand that these are really bad people, uh, you know, that, that are living among us? Uh, you know, I, I guess it does. I don't know. Um, I I like to think that, you know, in the New York City Police Department, they're a little bit more proactive than that. But I think everybody reaches a limit. And I think Paris, unfortunately, and it's very sad, has reached their limit. I think they're ready to say enough. You know, the, 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 you know, the silent majority is now rising up and saying we're not putting up with these people anymore. 
They want to live with their own culture. That's fine. But guess what? The police are coming in. And if there's a crime being committed, then it's our judicial system, not yours. Not Sharia law. You know, whatever the law is in France. That's what it is. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our guest. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, heightened security checks here, uh, not just in Europe. And we'll also talk about a uh, threat by ISIS uh, on the New York Police Department. And Charlie Hebdo, it is now back on newsstands. And the Prophet Muhammad is on the cover. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. And we welcome back Christopher Strom, former U.S. Marine, over 20 years experience with the New York City Police Department. Chris, let's take a call. And then I want to talk to you about a direct threat to the NYPD by ISIS. Daily Dave in Hawaii joins us. Line three. Hey, Daily, how you doing? And uh, welcome. Welcome back to you as well. Question or comment for our guest. Thanks, Leslie, very much. I don't, uh, sir, thank you for your for your service, by the way, in both the police and in the military. I grew up in the Air Force. I signed up for the Marines back in, I don't know, 83 or 84. Never made it out of boot camp, so I was not a Marine. But, you know, thank you very much. Oh, thank I you. To, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I have to come at this from slightly a different angle. The idea that, you know, I know it sounds radical, but the idea that we can always remain safe from all and any threat anywhere is a myth. And we need to understand that, you know, there are shadows creeping around, monsters creeping around every corner uh, where we go, whether it's, you know, an automobile accident or a train wreck or something terrible happens at work or the perp pulls a gun or some foreign threat and so forth. I think frequently with, with uh, these attacks that, we have a tendency to overreact. Now, I think, you know, God bless the victims of, of the Paris attack, honestly. But I think France sending an aircraft carrier uh, to the Persian Gulf, I think is, is a little bit, maybe a little over, you know, overblown. And if I were to, to put, the, put the, the blame on anyone, I honestly think that we have to go, you know, that we have to look back at the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, one of America's allies over there, because of petroleum. And as they are, you know, the the shrine, uh, the keeper of the shrine for Muslims, someone over there has got to put their foot down and say the Muslim faith is one of nonviolence and we're tired of these shenanigans. But but Dave, they already have. I mean, we saw we saw millions of them, you know, marching in France. Uh, one of the problems with the Muslim community here and throughout the world is when they stand up and say, "Not in our name," normally, and you know, we're against this. The cameras aren't rolling. No, I understand the 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 local imams and the local Muslim population obviously is is. And and by the way, how do you think? How do you think so quickly? Those two brothers' names were given to the police. It comes from within the community. No, right. I, no, I understand what you're saying, Leslie. I understand. One hundred percent. You know, yeah, but you're maybe, saying, and I, I hear you. Sometimes I say because you know, I, I, my husband's family is Muslim, and right. he doesn't practice Islam, but he was raised, uh, you know, uh, as a Muslim. And you know, he is. He has said, <laughs> you know, 
My peeps got to get their damage control in order. And and no, but no, but but seriously, I you know I understand. Hey, look, Iran condemned the attacks, which you know was shocking. Um, but and and Charlie Hebdo, an entirely different situation. I don't mean different situation for Spire's terrorist attack, but I mean the the reason, unlike other terrorist attacks, which is sort of like, oh, it's Monday, let's kill somebody. Um, how how much can they do? The problem is in many of these countries. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't I don't have time because we're out of time. <laughs> Look, when I lived in Pakistan briefly in 2007, Al-Qaeda headquarters was about a mile from where I was staying. I asked the driver who drove me for the family that I was staying with, you know, oh, my God, you know, they're right there. Aren't you afraid? And he goes, of course we're afraid. Do you understand why we are more afraid than you? They're right there. Understand? They're afraid. These people are afraid. We don't have time. Daily Dave, give me a call back. Chris will have you on again, definitely. Former U.S. Marine Christopher Strom, be sure to check out his website, cs-intel.com. His book is called Brooklyn to Baghdad. I'm Leslie Marshall. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, Grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.